Before we get to today's show, I'd like to hear from you. This show is nothing without our listeners, and we want to make sure we provide you with what you're looking for. Our mailbox is open to all suggestions. So if you have a topic you want to learn about, or a guest you want to hear from, let us know by sending us an email to jagahealthandwellness at gmail.com. That's C-H-A-G-A-H-E-A-L-T-H-N-W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S at gmail.com. Now, enjoy the episode. Mass the single largest database of musky angling education material anywhere in the world. Our dream was to harness the knowledge of this amazing community and share it with passionate anglers just like you. Thus, the Ugly Pike podcast was born and quickly grew to become one of the top fishing podcasts in North America. Step into the world of angling adventures and embrace the thrill of the catch with the Ugly Pike podcast. Join us on our quest to understand what makes us different as anglers and to uncover what it takes to go after the infamous fish of 10,000 casts. The Ugly Pike podcast isn't just about fishing. It's about creating a tight-knit community of passionate anglers who share the same love for the sport. Through laughter, through camaraderie, and an unwavering spirit of adventure, this podcast will bring people together. Subscribe now and never miss a moment of our angling adventures. Tight lines, everyone. Find Ugly Pike now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever else you get your podcasts. As the world gets louder and louder, the lessons of our natural world become harder and harder to hear, but they are still available to those who know where to listen. I'm Jerry Olette, and I was honored to serve as Ontario's Minister of Natural Resources. However, my journey into the woods didn't come from politics. Rather, it came from my time in the bush and a mushroom. In 2015, I was introduced to the birch-hungry fungus known as chaga, a tree conch with centuries of medicinal applications used by Indigenous peoples all over the globe. After nearly a decade of harvest, use, testimonials and research, my skepticism has faded to obsession, and I now spend my life dedicated to improving the lives of others through natural means. But that's not what the show is about. My pursuit of this strange mushroom And my passion for the outdoors has brought me to the places and around the people that are shaped by our natural world. On Outdoor Journal Radio's Under the Canopy podcast, I'm going to take you along with me to see the places, meet the people that will help you find your outdoor passion and help you live a life close to nature and under the canopy. So join me today for another great episode and hopefully we can inspire a few more people to live their lives under the canopy. Welcome to another episode of Harvest Time. Today we're talking about turkey tail, Trimenes varicolor. It's um, it's another mushroom. Um, now, first of all, I should describe a bit what a mushroom is. A mushroom has three main components, and the best way to describe it, so people easily understand or a lot easier understand what a mushroom is. If you were to compare it to, say, an apple, uh, an apple tree. So an apple tree, the roots of an apple tree would equate to the mycelium or basically the roots of a fungus. And 
the fruit of an apple tree is the apple. And the fruit of a fungus is the mushroom or the fruiting body. It's called a mushroom. And the seeds of the apple is how it uh, expands and grows into new trees. And it's the same for mushrooms or fungi. It's the spores of it. So you've got uh, the mycelium being the roots, the fruiting body. In this case, it's uh, the mushroom. And the spores would be the seeds and how it spreads. Now, turkey tail is a white rot fungi, which breaks down wood. And it does that by breaking down the cell walls and compounds in it and then causes it to uh, break down in the forest. So eventually it it uh, breaks rotting trees and that sort of things. And turkey tail is a very thin kind of leathery sort of mushroom that sits like a bracken or a shelf fungus on the rotting trees. And I've found it on a number of different trees. Um, as a matter of fact, oh, I left it in the vehicle, but I've got a, a growth on a stump of ash wood, but I found it on maple and oak as well. Now, the turkey tail, it basically looks like the feathers on a turkey tail, so it's got bands of colors. And not all turkey tail band colors are all the same. Some have uh, grays and blues and red rings in it. And others are not so, you know, could be more or darker reds. I know one of the strains I found in northern Ontario had a, a very prominent red ring where the ones down in the area around here are kind of more gray and blue from the ones I find. Now, typically this, this mushroom grows in two forms, in rosettes or in a shelf like a bracket uh, clusters um, like the one that I have in the, the sample I brought with me here. Uh, one of the key aspects is when you're looking at it, you need to look at the underside because there's a number of other mushrooms that look like turkey tail. Now, on the underside of it, turkey tail is a polypore mushroom. And the best way to describe that is kind of like um, if you look at the holes in a sponge underneath is what the mushroom or turkey tail looks like. It's got these little holes all over the place. So there are these pores um, at the end of tubes, from that's where the spores are dispersed from. So, and that's why one of the things they tell you is that when you're out harvesting, um, foraging in the forest, and you're harvesting mushrooms, if you use like a wicker basket or an open basket, so that you put your mushrooms there and walk around. And the reason for that is actually you're spreading spores throughout the forest, and it's a great way to to increase the the areas that a lot of these mushrooms grow because as we mentioned it's a white rot fungus that grows on a lot of different trees that breaks down the cell membranes of trees and takes it down right to, to basically making it into like a soil kind of material eventually so a new growth for turkey tail you can find basically from around in our area and in, in northern states and canada where we are in canada around june right up to into january for that case but you can still find it in the winter but it's dried up and you know, one thing you find is as the uh, the turkey tail ages, instead of a very prominent white color that you would find on fresh turkey tail on the underside where the spores or the tubes are in the polypore section, it actually, um, as it ages, it starts to turn a little bit yellowish or brownish. In the top, it has basically kind of a a like a furry kind of feeling to it. It's almost like a, a little fuzz, but it's it's not very evident to look at it, although if you feel it, you'll notice it for sure. 
Now, there's a couple of lookalikes I want to mention. One's called false turkey toil, which is not a polypore. It's another uh, shelf-like uh, fungus. It's actually a, what they call a crust fungus. Okay, and you find it in the same areas on turkey tail. In a lot of cases, you'll actually find it growing on the same growth. We found uh, trees and stumps and branches that are laying down that have both turkey tail and false turkey tail on it. And some of the key differences is that, now, of course, the, it has the multicolored zones, but they're more reddish or brownish rather than the colors we mentioned for the blues and the grays and the reds in the actual turkey tail. And it's more, it's kind of like um, the, the leaf kind of curls up like a funnel shape and not as flat as turkey tail is because turkey tail sits very flat, as we said, in rosettes or in shelf life, uh, shelf kind of formations. And the underside of the false turkey tail is actually uh, kind of a tannish or a reddish brownish color. And it's very flat. There's no pores on the underside at all. And it's the same, grows in the kind of the same season as turkey tail. So you have to watch, you know, making sure you're getting, and you should always watch that you're getting the right aspects or the right, in this case, mushrooms that you want to harvest. Now, the false turkey tail is another white rot fungus but it has no pores on the underside and it grows on the same hardwood trees. And another lookalike would be the violet tooth polypore. And it has the multicolored bands, but on the underside and on the top, it does have a bit of a violet or a purple aspect to it. It's also a polypore. Again, the pores are on the bottom side and the spores come out at the end of these tubes. But the difference with this is these kind of stick out farther, almost like teeth-like. Whereas in the true turkey tail, it's very flat. And when you look at it, it's it's very consistent across where in the violet tooth polypore, it actually is, it almost looks like little teeth that when you, when you bend the, the, the mushroom itself, it kind of sticks out like, like teeth. But uh, on the underside, uh, when uh, they're young and the color of that, uh, when they're wet, the violet really prominently stands out. But you don't always see it as it ages. And again, it grows in hardwoods. Now, some of the medicinal benefits of the turkey tail. Um, I always like to say that uh, the, the, the top 10 mushrooms are medicinal mushrooms out there. One would be the chaga. And two would be reishi. And after that, it gets a bit confusing as to where the, the top mushrooms would be. In a lot of cases, I know that um, I usually say that uh, turkey tail is one of the top 10, lion's mane, because lion's mane is known to reconstitute neural pathways in the brain and spinal column. Uh, there's gnocchi, there's some matakis and shiitake, some of the oysters, some of the cordyceps as well, or just some of the other key top 10 medicinal mushrooms out there, but definitely turkey tail is one of them. And it works as a, in the immune system as a regulator or as an immunomodulator, which means if your system's overactive, being this being turkey tail, then it helps it come down. But if it's not active, it helps it get going. And it has uh, beta-glucans, which is a, an anti-cancer property and works for a number of different cancers. Now, some of the things that um, I brought in were, here's one of the turkey tail and cancer. Okay, the clinical efficacy of the turkey tail extracts after oral administration has been demonstrated in more than 30 clinical trials in which significant improvements in both survival rate and general health status was generally observed in cancer patients receiving chemotherapy and or radiotherapy. 
And this was printed in 2002 in the Journal of Clinical Pharmacology. And as we say, we're, we're not doctors. We don't give medical advice. What we do is provide people with information, and you can look up some of the detail, more details on your own. And as I've mentioned on other Harvest Time shows, there's a couple of areas that we look at to find research. And as always, if you're not used to reading the research, look at the abstract, some of the the discussion and the conclusion will give you a lot of the basics understandings, but also look at the reference material used to write the articles to determine the validity. And in those reference materials, they can give you more specific details that may pertain to other aspects, such as uh, the one here I'm about to read from you from uh, Global Advances in Health and Medicine. I think that one was um, another uh, PubMed one. It... um, was, yes, it was a PubMed publication that came out in 2012. And it was published by Global Advances in Health and Medicine. And in there it talks about, uh, another one of the studies used to write this was medicinal mushroom modulators of molecular targets as cancer therapeutics is one of the reference materials used. Now, this study here, goes in and says um, an 83-year-old woman was diagnosed in 2009 with advanced um, metastatic inflammatory breast cancer. At the same time, she began chemotherapy and Taxol and Herpacetin. She also began taking capsules, the mushrooms daily. The dose was four grams twice daily. And in there was turkey tail along with some other mushrooms. The turkey tail capsules consisted of activated freeze-dried Organic mushroom mycelium, being the roots again, containing polysaccharides, beta-glucans, and a number of other components as well. In December 2009, when the patient's chemotherapy regime was completed and she had her septin maintenance therapy over three weeks, she continued to take four grams daily of turkey tail mushrooms and added a combination mushroom formula. This preparation consisted of 17 species of active freeze-dried organic mushroom mycelium containing, again, polysaccharides, beta-glucans, and a number of other components as well. The turkey tail mushroom grown in Woodland Environment Worldwide has been reported to stimulate immune function in women with breast cancer. They're called bracket fungi because they form thin structures of concentric circles and grow almost everywhere in trees where trees were found. This species of mushroom has a history of use in Asia and a nonspecific immunomodulator and breast cancer patients. It's uh, another good study that was uh, came out, as I mentioned, and where you can find it. Now, I've got a number of books as well, and as you get into these things, you'll probably start to do like I do and gain a library of them. And I'm going to mention a couple of things here. Now, this book here that I'm mentioning is, it's called Growing Gourmet and Medicinal Mushrooms. And it came out, it was printed in 1993 and redone in 2000. It's the third edition. It's a Stamets and it's the 10 Speed Press, if you're looking for it. Now, the one thing in here is, the one thing I find is that medicinal mushrooms or mushrooms in in a lot of cases, they end up changing their names a lot of time. And I'm not sure who the body is that um, um, changes these names, but at that time they call it mostly Coriolis versicolor as opposed to Trimedes versicolor now, which they're all calling it. 
And inside here, and this is page 384, it specifically mentions medicinal properties. Uh, the Trimedes versicolor is a source of PSK, commercially known as Crestin, responsible for several hundred million dollars of sales as an approved anti-cancer drug in Asia. In clinical studies of 224 patients, and then it gives a study that was printed in 1997, and 262, and that was printed in 1994, affected with gastric cancer and treated with chemotherapy, patients showed a decrease in recurrence and increase in disease-free survival rate when treatment was combined with a regime of using the protein-bound polysaccharide, PSK, from Trimedes Versicolor. By all of the measures, the treatment was clearly cost-effective. PSK reduces cancer, and it gives a study in 1995. Interleukin production of human cells, a study that was done in 1993. And this one is a highly water-soluble material, which means... Some of the methods to get it into your system is either through the use of water, uh, making basically a tea. So you, what you would do would be take the turkey tail, you dry it or cure it until the moisture content is, is low and it becomes very, very, um, basically it's, it's, when you first pick it, it's very like leathery and very pliable, but then it becomes very stiff after that. And I've taken it and uh, tried to blend it up and for a number of individuals that I was assisting in harvesting. And, and quite frankly, if I were to take the crew out here at the, the studio or recording and we were to go down the trail right behind this place, chances are we'd find turkey tail. It's very, very common everywhere and people are quite surprised that it's that, that popular. But uh, And then we made it into a tea and loaded it in a tea for individuals to do a water extraction, just as it says in this book here that is highly water-soluble on page 385. Now, I've got quite a number of books that, that go into the details about it. And another one here that says, like many other medicinal mushrooms, turkey tail is fully polysaccharides and triterpenes that give it its immunomodulating properties. And what that means is if your immune system's not active enough, it stimulates it to get going. But if it's too active, it brings it down. What sets turkey tail apart from the rest of the medicinal mushrooms are two unique beta-glucans. Polysaccharide, which is that uh, crestine, I mentioned the PSK, and polysaccharide peptide, which is PSP. Those are two... Um, anti-cancer fighting materials that are being used and developed through a lot of the pharmaceutical industries to, to, to assist people. What is amazing about the PSK and PSP and turkey tail is that they have the ability to regenerate white blood cells, according to this book, and stimulate the activity and creation of T cells. And as I mentioned before, you always need to check your references and make sure of what you're getting. Now, PSK has been more thoroughly studied than PSP, particularly in Japan. Where as early as the 1980s, the government allowed PSK to be used for treatment of several types of cancer. Today is the best-selling anti-cancer drug on the Japanese market and is used in a combination with surgery, chemotherapy, and radiation therapy. The PSP is newer discovery. Research suggests that it is significantly more powerful than PSK, which is an exciting note for development for future cancer treatments. So turkey tail, it goes on to say, turkey tail has also been proven to stimulate the regeneration of bone marrow damaged by cancer treatments and has also been effective in treating humans for hepatitis C. 
And also, it uh, this mentions the the study that I just mentioned about the stage four breast cancer with the individual who is now free and clear after quite a few years. And this book was published in 2017. So there's a lot of material that's out there. Make sure, remember, we're not doctors, can't give medical advice. What we do do is provide you with information, with research that's out there that allows you to look into these things and find it, how it can be more applicable for yourself. Okay, one aspect about it is is when you're dealing with turkey tail and other mushrooms, some of the hard things to determine is what is the the level of potency. I know with chaga, because it, it's very specific, you know, you'll have a, a 30-year-old chaga and a 10-year-old chaga. Is the medicinal application the same in a 10-year-old chaga as it is in the 30-year-old chaga? And it's hard to say because there's no studies out there that show you that. Now, with turkey tail, you're going to get a lot of the growth, and it comes from mycelium, so it's a lot of new growth in that. But what I normally do with a lot of it is I will blend old chagas and new chagas, and to do the same with the turkey tail is not a problem at all because you're going to find it all over the place. And quite frankly, a lot of the strains of turkey tail don't actually look like they don't all have the same bands of color of the the blue, grays, and reds and all that, but it'll still be turkey tail because they're all very, very different. And I don't know if there's any studies as to say why. But if you're going to use it as a tea, what you do is you dry it, as we briefly mentioned before. And once it's uh, dry, it goes from that very pliable leathery to a very solid and almost brittle kind of material. What I did before was I broke it up. Actually, I broke it up in a coffee bean grinder, and it actually came up very, very almost like fluff at that time when we did it and then we loaded it in tea bags and what you can do is if you have a tea strainer or if you have just a a tea infuser of some kind what you can do is load several grams of it I believe like two two to three grams of it into a tea bag of your own or a tea infuser and then use warm hot water what I normally do is get it at about 140 degrees because there's studies out there that talks about not taking it above 140 degrees because you could potentially kill off the positive benefits out of it, but there's no study to verify that as of yet. And quite frankly, I see a lot of Chaga studies that do extractions at boiling point, so it's hard to verify it. But just to be sure, if you keep it below 140 or basically let your water boil and then let it cool, or what a lot of people will do would be put an ice cube in with it and then pour boiling water in with your turkey tail, your two to three grams. And if you let it sit for 10 to 15 minutes, then you can drink the cu- drink your cup of turkey tail tea. And that's uh, one of the best ways to get it into your system. And as mentioned with the Growing Gourmet and Medicinal Mushrooms book, it uh, very specifically states that it's very water-soluble, which is a great way to get it into your system. And once it's uh, steeped for 15 minutes... A cup, a couple of times a day, usually eight hours apart, because the body actually flushes these materials out over an eight-hour period. You maximize the input. But as we said before, make sure you work with your healthcare professional to ensure that it's not problematic in what you're doing in taking care of, of and using products like turkey tail mushroom. Turkey tail is, as I mentioned, one of the top 10 medicinal mushrooms in the world. It's very common everywhere in North America. And throughout the world, there are lookalikes that you have to watch out for. We gave you basically a run of false turkey tail and the violet polypore. And to make sure that you know what you're doing. As always, seek the advice of a healthcare professional. Don't take it into your own hands and think that this is going to solve all your problems. What it is is another tool in the chest that you can deal with. If you find, I know in Ontario, I've got a number of 
naturopathic doctors who work directly with oncologists or with other medical communities to make sure that their practices coincide or their therapies coincide with each other and don't interfere with their programs. But it's just another aspect and things to look for under the canopy. small-town sheet metal mechanic come to build one of Canada's most iconic fishing lodges? I'm your host, Steve Nidswicki, and you'll find out about that and a whole lot more on the Outdoor Journal Radio Network's newest podcast, Diaries of a Lodge Owner. But this podcast will be more than that. Every week on Diaries of a Lodge Owner, I'm going to introduce you to a ton of great people, share their stories of our trials, tribulations and inspirations learn and have plenty of laughs along the way meanwhile we're sitting there bobbing along trying to figure out how to catch a bass and we both decided one day we were going to be on television doing a fishing show my hands get sore a little bit when i'm reeling in all those bass in the summertime but that's might be for more fishing than it was punching you so confidently you said hey pat have you ever eaten a drum Find Diaries of a Lodge Owner now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast.